And welcome to another episode of the Tech.eu podcast. I'm Roxanne Varza, and I'm here with Tech.eu editor Robin Waters. Hi, Robin. Hey, Roxy. How are you? Great. We are back this week with another great lineup of topics, including some key acquisitions involving Food Panda and Mail.ru, and another acquisition involving Spotify. We have a new European venture friend called Keen Venture Partners. We have quite a few rounds of funding as usual, but this week we'll focus on, on Babbel, Autonomous and second home. Tech.eu writer Jonathan Keane had a chance to catch up with Italian cloud company Cloud Desire, and we will wrap it up with a discussion on Brexit and how it's impacting Apple prices in the UK. So let's jump right in with acquisitions. Some pretty interesting and rather unexpected acquisitions this week. We have Russia's Mail.ru, which purchased the Russian part of Food Panda's business called Delivery Club for $100 million. Apparently, the Russian part of the business accounted for 10% of the company's global revenue. Food Panda itself actually acquired Delivery Club back in 2014, and that company was founded in 2009. What's also interesting is that Food Panda plans to use this money to expand into new markets in Eastern Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. They apparently acquired the Hong Kong assets of AmericanDelivery.com earlier this year. Yep, I don't have a lot to add to this. Um, you've already mentioned the key facts, except perhaps that um, Rocket Internet is a very big backer of Food Panda, and that kind of explains where this deal is coming from. Um, it's important to note that we, if we look at the bigger picture here, it's that Rocket Internet has been under tremendous uh, pressure to up its performance much faster now that it's a public company. Uh, their shares haven't been doing all that well. This has led them to offload businesses or parts of businesses wherever they can. Um, so we've seen that in the past. You can clearly see they're, they're busy consolidating. Sometimes some of their companies will buy and acquire and grow that way. But it's a lot of offloading these days as well. So it's a lot of selling parts of businesses that probably don't work or don't make sense geographically anymore, whatever the reason is. But you can clearly see that Rocket Internet is, is really scaling down on some parts of, uh, of their machine. Uh, let's, let's call it that way. Um, and you can see that they, you know, they're, they're clearly, clearly focusing on the, on the ones that are growing revenue and profits the fastest out of all of their portfolio companies and really doubling down on those. Food Panda apparently wasn't really one of those. The fact that they're selling Delivery Club after buying them um, you know, about two years ago uh, is a perfect example of this. Um, I'll eat my shoes if this is the last such deal we see coming out of the Rocket Internet camp before the end of the year. Oh, that's quite exciting. Um, so yeah, we'll have to stay tuned to see if you eat your shoes or not. <laughs> now, another acquisition that caught our eye this past week was Spotify, who acquired a US-based company called Preact. They specialize in customer acquisition and retention. The terms of the deal were undisclosed, but Preact was founded in 2012, they have raised 10 million euros in funding with Atlas Ventures, Launchpad LA, B Partners, and other investors. The announcement on Spotify's blog actually didn't go into too much detail, but they did mention that the Preact team would be based out of the Spotify San Francisco office. Yep. So what's also interesting to note here is that Spotify, which was founded about a decade ago, has made seven acquisitions so far. At least that's how many they've announced or disclosed somehow. And more than half of those, four to be exact, have been done in 2016. So this was first noticed by Neil Murray from the Nordic Web and previously Tech.eu on Twitter. I think it speaks volumes about Spotify's ramping up lately in the face of you know, increasing competition from Apple, Google, now Amazon and other companies. 
And of course, as it gears up for an IPO next year. Um, so you can see them make more acquisitions, albeit small ones, um, but very focused ones. This acquisition is a perfect example of this strategy. The company is essentially buying tried and tested technology uh, that will help it both acquire more non-paying users and subscribers, but also retain more customers as both those groups are growing numbers. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them make more acquisitions before they go public next year. If it's going to be next year, nobody knows, but let's assume. Um, and let's not forget, there was recently a solid report about an impending tie-up uh, between SoundCloud and Spotify. And that would, of course, create an even bigger European digital music powerhouse. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see for that one. But we're keeping our ears to the ground. Yeah, I think the SoundCloud move is a pretty interesting one. So uh, lots happening over there at Spotify. It wasn't too long ago, actually, that we covered a few new European funds on the podcast, including K-Fund and Daphne out of Spain and France. This week, we're announcing yet another European fund, this time operating out of London and Amsterdam. It's called Keen Venture Partners. They currently have 90 million euros under management for early growth deals, which means they'll be doing between 5 and 10 million in various deals. Um, it's actually quite interesting to see a new fund launching in this space because recently, I feel like we've just seen so many funds targeting early stage funding. Um, and they seem to be going after scale-ups and looking to grow them into big international companies. Keen's LPs include European Investment Fund, Dutch Venture Initiative, ING Netherlands, KPN Ventures, which is the venture arm of a Dutch telco. Looks actually like a lot of money coming out of the Netherlands. And then Keen Venture Partners itself is actually run by a pretty impressive team, former BT CEO, former TomTom COO, and a former principal at Prime Ventures. Yep. Uh, moving away a little bit from early stage, but still another fund in Europe that has around 100 million euros under management. Um, if I understand correctly, they'll have the final close uh, next year. So it might be more than 90 million euros. Uh, but around that 100 million mark, investing in scale ups uh, across borders, it's kind of we've seen this before. Uh, it sounds almost weird saying this in these parts, but it's almost something we're getting used to in Europe at this point. Um, nevertheless, some good people involved here. Um, great news for both the Dutch and the UK ecosystems in particular, although they also invest in US companies coming to Europe and the Nordics, if I understand correctly. Um, unsurprisingly, the list of things the firm says it is interested in investing in is rather long. Uh, it includes the likes of IoT platforms, next generation networks, whatever that means, virtualization, big data, machine learning, robotics, education technology, productivity software. Um, this is coming straight from their website, so I'm not inventing this. Um, the list goes on and on. So you can tell Keen is pretty keen to invest in pretty much whatever comes their way, um, as long as it has the ability to scale. So they're, they're, they're not being very focused when it comes to vertical, in my opinion. Um, on a side note, that the European Investment Fund is backing yet another fund in Europe is no surprise. They're pretty much invested in all of them, I think. But that KPM, uh, so this is a Dutch telco, uh, is also investing, is a little bit of a surprise, at least to me. Um, KPM just started its own dedicated venture investment arm only a little over a year ago, and they've already invested in two funds. So this is the second one they're investing in. And if they keep up that pace, um, KPM might become a fund of funds rather than a startup investor, um, you know, if they keep doing this on a regular basis. That, that was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, I have to say I'm keen to find out what happens. So <laughs> love to see who they invest in and also a good point on KPN as well. But now that we've talked about funds, let's talk about investment. As usual, we have way too many companies uh, raising money in Europe for us to cover them all. So we picked a few to highlight this week, including Unbabble, Autonomo and Second Home. Yes, 81 deals we tracked in funding last week, to be exact. 
But yeah, we'll, we'll highlight three of them. First up, we have uh, AI-powered translation platform Unbabble. Um, they've announced $5 million in funding from Notion Capital, Kasha Capital, uh, Faber Ventures. So these are two Portuguese funds and Schilling Venture Partners, uh, essentially a mix of British funds and Portuguese funds. Um, the company itself is Portuguese founded. They're headquartered in SF after they graduated from Y Combinator in 2014. The company aims to be a SaaS leader in translation services and intends to use the capital to enhance their language engine. Um, which uses machine learning and about 40,000 human editors to translate language. Now, I had the pleasure of meeting the entire founding team in Lisbon earlier this year uh, when they were literally moving into a new office in the city. Um, and I hope to run into them again uh, next week at the Web Summit, of course. They're a group of energetic, very smart entrepreneurs. Um, they have a good idea. They have some real technology um, built uh, that's in the mix. Um, so I'm not surprised to see them raise funding to scale up. And I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next. Yeah, sounds really very cool. I had no idea that these guys were coming out of YC. But next up, we have Israeli connected car platform Autonomo, who announced a $12 million round of funding with some pretty high profile investors, including Soul Klein's new fund, Local Globe, Bessemer Venture Partners, Stage One Ventures, and Maniv Mobility. Um, the Israeli company has a cloud platform that connects data from cars to enhance the ecosystem of connected cars, and they also have a marketplace for different applications. They plan to use the fund to scale uh, the first product in the audience, but they also want to begin working with car manufacturers, and it seems like they have Daimler in the works already. Yep, very interesting one, interesting space. Now, um, Second Home, uh, the London-based operator of uh, these trendy workspaces, uh, I've never actually been to any of them, um, but the London one apparently is very nice. I've seen pictures, uh, but apparently the, the company... Um, they, they've really not made a lot of noise about this, but they secured another um, 20 million pounds in funding to expand to the U.S. The company previously raised about 10 million roughly a year ago from investors like Index Ventures, Fabrice Granda, Christian Hernandez, Firestarter, and even Yuri Milner from uh, DST fame. Um, so at the time, the company was looking to expand to Portugal. Uh, they're now starting up in Lisbon. I don't know if the space is open yet, but I guess they'll announce it next week uh, during the Web Summit. Um, but now expanding you know, both in the UK, Portugal, and the US. So they have another 20 million under their belt to finance that expansion. And I have to say, it's a very bold move. The US already has a number of actors in this space. WeWork is a very good example, of course, but there are numerous ones. But then again, the same goes for Europe. So you know, it all depends on how you kind of approach this. And, you know, if you have that kind of capital, you can do things that co-working spaces without external capital can't really do. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, Robin, you have to go visit. I mean, uh, the one in London, if you haven't been yet, I think it's a really cool building. They have some very famous architects that were involved in that as well. So very cool space. And I think their positioning around kind of a high level designer type audience is also quite smart. But I do have to say, I agree with you. US is uh, going to potentially be a tough market. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But now for an interview, we had tech.eu writer Jonathan Keane. He had a chance to catch up with Eddie Fioretti, who is the CEO of Italian cloud company Cloud Desire. Hey, this is Jonathan Keane from TechEU here at SaaStock in Dublin. I'm joined with uh, Eddie Ferretti, the uh, CEO of Cloud Desire. Uh, well, first of all, what is Cloud Desire and uh, why are you here at SaaStock? How, John? Cloud Desire is a brokering and monetization platform that enables automated sourcification and immediate distribution for any kind of application across any cloud with any commercial arrangements. 
We are here because uh, even if it's the, the first year, the, the, the event was sounding very interesting to us and uh, given that we, we are a double-sided marketplace, we are a platform putting together business software, we were very interested in uh, finding new products, new software to, to, to onboard on our platform. Mm. And um, tell me a little bit about your platform itself, uh, what kind of companies are using it and uh, how, how can they put it to use uh, you know, day-to-day? In a nutshell, Cloud Desire is like Amazon for business software. What we do, we, we shortcut, we, we, we enable vendors and buyers to interact more smoothly and eventually for vendors if they are not cloud ready, we enable sasification and distribution across almost any, any cloud provider. We are already serving uh, with our white label version uh, Team Telecom Italia, uh, that is the, the major incumbent telco in Italy and across Latin America. We serve another uh, broadband provider uh, that is part of the Swisscom uh, brand, and we, we have other deals that are covered by NDA in this moment I cannot provide you the names but most important we are not, we are now launching our own public store our own app shop uh, that is targeting small medium businesses across uh, world Europe uh, both on demand side and supply side and when do you plan to open that store the store has just been launched as I was saying probably before I don't remember we are now onboarding vendors uh, cool vendors like some of the ones that we are finding here and at the same time we are spending a lot of time on the product in order to maximize the product features and capabilities day after day in order to satisfy the demand side uh, in the most compelling way mm. and obviously here at SAS talk a lot of different uh, SaaS companies what is kind of the biggest challenge for a company like yourself in the SaaS space for finding customers and building a product great question finding customers uh, it's always mm, one of our uh, top of mind uh, issues um, we we work a lot on on designing uh, the, the, the the various phases of the of the metrics funnel uh, but in any case we, we we are using inbound outbound uh, and all the typical no touch and light touch approaches while uh, on the on the vendor side, we prefer a heavy touch, a very concierge-like approach, because <coughs> excuse me, this is this is let me say the, the 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 launch phase for us, and we need to be carefully uh, curating any step of the process, each single step of the process, and. Your second question was relating to the product. We we apply continuous delivery approach. We are absolutely product obsessed. Uh, we are strictly focused on the product. Uh, all what we do is product centric. Uh, any any mm, we we we. we 
we design a very simple uh, two-axis schema that depends on relevance of what we do and effort of what we do. And obviously, we only do what is what is most relevant to our customers mm. as a top priority because we are product centric as I was saying. And finally, uh, where does Cloud Desire stand as far as funding and are you seeking any funding right now? We are venture backed. Uh, we we are now opening uh, a, a new round, a new seed, let me say, seed closing round slash round A. Uh, should be closed within the next couple of months, mid-2017 more or less, within mid-2017. We have cash, but we prefer to collect now uh, instead of waiting uh, uh, grey moments. Okay, great. Eddie, thanks very much for your time. Thanks to you. It's been a pleasure. And finally, since we couldn't avoid talking about it any longer, Brexit. Well, actually, I guess we have to say Brexit and Apple. As the result of Brexit, Apple has hiked up the price of Macs, both old and new, by 25% in order to take into account currency fluctuations. So this means the lowest price Mac is now at £949, which is an increase of £100 from what it was about a week ago. Uh, other Macs have price increases that are roughly 20 to 25%, which is huge. Apple is actually not the only company bumping up prices. So HTC announced in August that the VR system would cost an additional £70 in the UK as a result of currency fluctuation. Microsoft also announced that it would be raising prices mainly in cloud and services by 13 to 22%. So I have to ask you, Robin, like, what do you think about all this? Is it to be expected? And should we expect to see a lot more companies doing the same? Yeah, so now we have Apple also involved with HTC, Microsoft, Dell also made an announcement. I think the only one that said the opposite that was announcing actually that there was going to be a price drop was Amazon. <laughs> For whatever reason, they seem to be the, the lone one actually lowering their prices. But yeah, so first of all, let's all remind ourselves that there hasn't really been a Brexit yet. Uh, what we've had is a vote for Brexit and all of the turmoil that followed after that, uh, which is already quite significant and uh, not to downplay it. Um, and one of the biggest and, and most damaging effects of the surprising June vote is that the sterling took an immediate dive. Um, they've been low and very prone to fluctuation ever since. And it was only a matter of time, really, until these big software and hardware vendors needed to adjust their pricing to account for this. Uh, they would do this in any case if there was such a currency swing, uh, regardless of a Brexit or any reason why. Um, so that's that's normal. You you take into account region and then the, the prices that, that go there. And you know, at some point you have to act. Um, we should also remind ourselves that the majority of British people didn't vote for Brexit per se, rather of those who could vote and went out to vote, a slight majority voted for separation from the EU. Uh, and of course, those who voted remain or didn't vote for whatever reason, whether they couldn't or, or not, uh, are not feeling the effect of this surprising, are now feeling the, the effect of this decision in their pockets. Um, so both citizens and businesses alike, and it won't be the last time either. And it really sucks for those people and businesses, to be sure, because it's not like Apple and Microsoft are, you know, rubbing their hands and being very happy and, and throwing parties that they can raise prices. Um, this is not something you can do unless you, you know, if you can avoid it, you don't do that for, you know, unless it's for a very, really good reason. Uh, and at this point, it's just something they could no longer avoid doing uh, because of the currency fluctuations. And there would be more decisions and stories like this for sure. So one of the very, very bad effects of Brexit, uh, one to be expected. But now that we see it into effect, we can really see how concrete it gets. 
But anyway, this brings us to the end of another TechU podcast. We really hope you enjoy listening to them and urge you to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you do, make sure to tell all your friends about us too. Us means Roxy Varza, Roxanne Varza on Twitter, and myself, Robin Waters, at Robin Waters on Twitter. And make sure you also follow tech.eu. We're at tech underscore EU for commentary and links to news articles throughout the week. Thank you so much for listening and hope to welcome you again next week. Thank you, Roxy. Goodbye. Thanks, Robin.